A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I want to share with you a little secret I have. This secret is this amazing skincare line that I've been using now for a year. Now I am a product queen. It is the one thing I spend money on. I don't spend a lot of money on clothes, but I love products and I love skincare products because I want my skin to really reflect and showcase how I feel inside. But this is honestly the best product I've ever tried. And I love the fact that it's vegan. It's all natural. You could literally eat it because it's totally organic. Herbal face food. It's the most potent anti-aging, multi-correction, antiviral skincare on the market. It is, it's magic. It's, I can't even describe it. I use a little bit of Serum One a few times a week and it tightens up my skin. And then it also kind of whitens it a little bit, makes it feel like all the sun damage disappears. But you can go for the correct, the Serum Two, which is like the correction, and that goes into the more sun-damaged areas. So you're just going to have to try it for yourself. So go to the show notes and hit the link. Lara20 is the code for 20% off herbal face food. I love it. I love it. I want to share it with you all. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer, although we're taking a break. Ah! No, we are taking a little break for the month of August, but we will be back better than ever in our new season, so get ready for that. I am joined, as always, by one of my favorite people in the world, Kristen Williams. Hey, everybody. Hey, Laura. This hey, is. Hey. Uh, I, I am going to enjoy our break, and yet I'm going to miss this because I know. We I know. Have such fun together, and I think it shows. But you guys, it's uh, been doing this for a while, and we just thought, you know what? We deserve a break. Yeah, let's take a little so break. Come it. back refreshed. Maybe but with some let's... maybe with some new material and some new. Uh, just some new stuff. You'll have to you'll have to tune in. I know. I love and, it. And we're giving you plenty of time to catch up on the six hundred some episodes if you haven't uh, yeah. heard them all. So six hundred and eighty one. So we are wow. closed in on seven hundred. That's Lord have mercy. Amazing. All right. Let's go ahead and we're gonna start with a question that was um, sent in from one of our uh, yoga teachers in Lit. And so this person asked, my active cyclist. 60-year-old student who has been practicing lit with me for more than a year. We have celebrated the relief from chronic neck discomfort last winter, remarkable improvement in his left hip mobility where it was always painful for him, but 
The one thing that is not improving at all is his left wrist. He even feels discomfort when he is cycling. He can't weight bear on it. I believe it is coming from his left shoulder, the more immobile side for him. Can you please advise what I can do further to help him? Mm. This is a great question. I mean, first of all, this is what I love about our lit teachers. She is doing the work. Listen to what she says. She, she's looking elsewhere. She sees it. I think it could be due to his left shoulder. You know, we really, when we're talking about wrists, especially someone who's a cyclist, I'd be curious what else he does throughout the day. But cycling, unless you have the forearm, you know, rests can be tough on wrists, right? Especially mm -hmm. we spend so much time with our wrists flexed and, you know, in, in a pretty straight flexed position. And then you might be cycling where your hands are maybe a little bit radially deviated, maybe extended at times, which is not a normal weight-bearing position. I mean, really the hands, unless we're crawling around, um, you know, they really prefer a neutral position of sorts. So I love that she's looking up at the shoulder. I would encourage her to look at the other side. I think we can get, just like in, you know, Western medicine, we get very you know, microscopic vision where we tend to just look at the same, wherever the pain is, we're going to look there. But I have seen a lot of people who come to me with left wrist pain and I look and their right shoulder isn't doing anything. So all the weight or even like the left side of the core is really weak, the left hip. And so they're doing stuff and it's all going in to the left side of the body, the left upper extremity. Um, you know, so we want to look at, you know, how is their forearm mobility? How is their wrist mobility? We, those are the obvious. Yes, look up at the shoulder. How is their scapular stability? How is their strength? You know, and this is something that as lit teachers, we can watch very closely during their practice. You know, look at those little signs. You know, what's happening at the collarbone when they're weight bearing on that hand? If that collarbone pops out, they aren't stabilizing through their scapula. So we want to hug that collarbone. Last week, we had a question about collarbones. You know, we want to hug that collarbone back by engaging the scapula onto the back body. That is going to lift up out of the wrist. I would guess, and I don't know who this teacher was. This was anonymous, but I would guess it's not his lit yoga practice that is causing this i would think you know we've seen so much improvement elsewhere i would say it's something it's probably something else he's doing i would is it the phone the texting you know is it computer work look at that mobility look at what he's doing throughout the day look at how he is positioning himself on the bike something as simple as you know getting into that those forearm you know or getting to what he can change you know, prolonged anything. I love to see when people are upright, then they go down, then they're upright. Now, being mindful of the fact that when you go down on the forearms, she's talked about his hips. That's going to require a lot more hip mobility. So he, that's not the answer. You go, oh, I'll just get off my wrist and go to my forearms. Well, you might affect the hip then. You might affect the back then. So frequent position change. Laura, I know you've got other stuff to say on this. Yeah. And the other thing is think of the wall as a ground. Like if the getting on the ground because the hip stuff is going to be hard, do the same thing on the wall where you're getting that feedback. Think about it this, like 
our our I mean we're this body is so genius. Our limbs go from one bone to two bones in the lower arm and lower leg to three, four, five. Like amazing, right? So it's showing you like it's giving you this kind of robust thing to that's why you can actually stand on your wrist and stand on your foot because you've got a lot of bones there stacked in this very way that are giving you a lot of support. However, the one bone that connects is really important to be stable because if it isn't as stable and that and stable within again uh, a good optimal alignment because if it's if you're like Kristen was saying if you're out of alignment you're not going to get that inherent stability because it isn't it isn't having its suctioned effect on the back of the scapula but that one bone is one bone because it's really creating this connection into the torso into the core the five bones down here what you need to pay attention to are the alignment when you get to the three four and then five of the digits like how is that aligned like Kristen was saying are you are you it's like a wave. So if you can't see me, if I wave one side and I go to my thumb side, that's radial deviation, which she was mentioning. If I go to the other side, which is not as common, ulnar deviation. And that is going to affect that lineup of the two, three, four, five bones of the lower arm. So you want to think of the alignment of that. You want them to be mobile, equally mobile. Um, you want them to, you want the two bones of the lower arm at the forearm to be able to turn. So you turn like you're holding soup. We call that supination, turn, holding palm down. And that variability during the day is what matters. All that you're seeing and when you come onto the mat is what you're doing the rest of the day. It's just revealed because all of a sudden it becomes really uncomfortable to bear weight through the wrist. But we've seen people who have had all kinds of wrist issues that are over time remedied from paying attention to the scapular stability, mobilizing thoracic mobility, mobilizing um, the, the scapula as well as stabilizing it, and then also making sure that that lower two bones are, are, are mobile and these other, air, you know, the three, four, five are mobile but also stable in their alignment. That they're not, you know, and again, typing, all that stuff. It, a lot of times you do get a little bit of that radial or, or older deviation, and those bones are getting compressed. And then you put weight on them, not going to feel good. Totally. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got a question here from Elizabeth Fryer. Uh, what are your thoughts on practicing yoga in the sand? Is the ground, as in grass covered soil, the best surface for yoga, or are different surfaces good for different goals? Um, no, <laughs> um, this is, there's many reasons I don't like doing yoga outside on the grass. Um, one is like, I don't want things crawling on my yoga mat. Like I, but most importantly, I, I want the feedback from the ground and grass is wonderful for running and walking on. Um, but for practicing yoga, it's less ideal because you are, we're spending time on our forearms, on one hand, on both hands, modified, you know, and our feet. And it gives a great opportunity to help our alignment by getting so much extra input um, through that ground reaction force. Now, we've talked about here before, like practicing on concrete or really, really hardwood is also not good. You don't want to do that just to kind of build up wrist strength because you're going to have to work harder because you're not getting the energy. The grass is going to return energy to you, no doubt, but you're going to lose some of it in the bounce, in the, the softness of it. 
And so it's this, and certainly sand, like I, I know there's people who do yoga on the beach and I think, wow, that is something I personally will never do. <laughs> I might do a down dog on the beach and have fun and stuff, but practicing on it has got to be super hard unless you're on the firmer sand and it's got to be level and all these things. I'm so, and I know KB is the same way, like biomechanics is, and kinesiology is understanding force and managing force. And that force could be your body weight, the load of your body weight. It could be gravitational forces. It could be both. You've got gravity and your own body weight. And then it's how you manage the force well so that it isn't overly straining your ligaments, um, your joint capsule and things like that. And the best way to do that is improve the surface. It's not going to be perfect sometimes. You know, we've talked about this before. We'll travel. We're in a hotel. It's like carpet over tile, and it's not awesome, but we're not doing it regularly, so it's not going to create a problem. But just creating variability to challenge yourself in different ways in this case is not, in my opinion, isn't going to be helpful because what you're going to be challenging are the soft tissue structures, the passive restraints, and the joints, and not the muscles getting stronger. I agree with you completely. I agree with you that that applies to running people who like to go run on the beach. It's the same thing. Like just know you are dramatically changing your surface area. You are dramatically changing that ground reaction force back up. So sand especially just absorbs it. Yes. So you are not going to get that that rebound, which is so good for our joints. Um, wrists get brutalized in the sand. Now, when I was first doing handstands, I have to admit, I would like, I would go to the sand, but I would dig almost like a little dig. Yeah. I would dig myself because I was just doing handstands and I would grab the ground because it gave me something that felt like I was holding on to, you know. That's and it's the, a softer surface for landing, right? And I think that can so like mentally yes. make you feel a lot more at ease. Absolutely. Yeah. But when it, when it comes to practicing when I'm actually, and I have done yoga on the beach, meaning it's, I've been on vacation. I've gone and I, by myself, I've done my own yoga practice just because I wanted to just the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. I would argue every time I've been disappointed because I'm like, this feels like crap because it is, it's uneven. My wrists hurt because it's too much hyperextension. It's really, or I'm on an uneven surface. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, it's just not great for something like yoga, um, you know, that really does, it behooves you in your body when we're talking about optimal, optimal alignment to be on an optimal surface. Um, and that's not just yoga. It's, it's, it's any type of movement. So, you know, do it for the experience. Right. I would not recommend doing it regularly. I, I don't think that benefits you in any way spiritually either. So, um, the same thing is true for, you know, for grass. Um, it's, a a now an AstroTurf, that's mm -hmm. got, that would be nice. It's got some bounce. It's almost like a, I would say like a, like a, our, like that, a sprung floor, uh, mm -hmm. like a sprung floor. It's just yeah. you know, really nice and responsive. It gets super hot. So know that AstroTurf gets really hot, but, um, yeah, not a fan of sand. Yeah. And speaking of sand, like sometimes people do think, oh, it'd be fun to run by the water. I mean, my husband oh. will do it and some people can handle it, but where it's going, to, where you're, the detriment is to the tendons and the, um, the joints, 
you will wake up sometimes not being able to walk because your Achilles tendon is just, because all the, the, the tendons are transmitting that from the muscle to the bone, that wonderful energy. And the Achilles tendon in particular is so thick and robust and it loses that capacity. So it overworks and overstrains. And you can really, I've seen quite a few people who have done that and they're like, I'm not sure what I did. And then they, you know, backtrack and they're like, well, I ran on the beach and it's like, there you go. That was the start yeah. of it. So you don't and need- you really yeah. pump it. You yeah. do. Like you, that is the start. That's like the straw that breaks the camel's back and suddenly yes. you go fine to and it's inflammatory. So yeah. it's not worth the woo-woo, I don't yeah. think. No. Uh, especially when you get to a certain age where, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, or, or just in it, even the novelty of it. Like, I think she's really saying, is it good for different goals? And I would say that, yeah, I mean, it's the goals are to to preserve your body and to feel good. And yeah, you could uh, you could do it, like take a walk on the beach. That's going to be, you're going to be working hard taking a walk on the beach without possibly, you know, because you're, Again, that force is going down when you're running is twice as much um, because of that's, you know, that's how running is, <laughs> your body weight. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Get another question. Uh, get another question, yeah, from one of our lit teachers who says, uh, I have a desk job. I'm becoming very creative in moving and supporting myself when at work. If you could, I want to hear more of why the spasm and pain are only showing at areas T8 through 12. Um, so, and she says 180 degree side included. So I'm thinking this might be like all the way from the back around the sides. It's not coming into the front, mm -hmm. but, you know, so um, this is someone who, you know, has a desk job, but she, he, they are trying to move. Um, and, you know, why T8 through T12? I would love to look more closely at, again, we know it's, it's posture at work. So she's doing, they're doing a great job of moving around. But, um, you know, when we have pain in a certain area, we want to look at what, why, you know, like what isn't moving well. T8 through T12 is the lower portion of your thoracic spine. So I would wonder, has this person had a baby, you know, so have they already, are they already biased towards maybe some hypermobility slash extension at that area, some hyper um, movement through that area. So, and some lack of stability in the front side, you know, where there's not that, Laura, you like to talk about it like a, like a cinching or like, um, I love your life jacket, you know, mm -hmm. where we think about. If we're cinched in the front, that's going to support the back. So when someone says to me, I've got discomfort in this area, I'm going to look there for sure. But I'm going to look above and below. What is the head doing? You know, what is the pelvis doing? Are you sitting? Are you sitting all the time? Are you standing up at times? Are you getting up and moving around? It's I, I'm guessing this person is doing that as much as you they can, but it's still probably not enough. Um, it is, you, it's amazing to me when I get invested in a, in a, in a job, I'm like, holy crap, where did two hours just go? Well, guys, two hours is way long, too long to not move. If your Apple watch dings you to stand twice, you've been sitting at least an hour and you have not moved. That's what I do love about that, that, that Just a feature. little reminder. Yeah. Is it just lets you know, holy moly, Kristen. 
because time flies when you're working. So you might have be doing all the right things, but prolonged anything. When we look at T8 through T12, I would look at the front ribs, you know, make sure that they are not flaring in your regular daily posture. I would look at obviously your core strength. Um, I would look at the head and, you know, neck. Again, the triple S is something we talk about for a reason. It is to maintain those normal curves of the spine. And I would guess you are not able to maintain that well at your job, whether it is uh, postural, whether it is strength and endurance, because it's endurance to sit for a long period of time. I'm getting ready to take a long car ride tomorrow. I'm dreading it Mm. because I know it's not going to feel good in my body, but you know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be getting up. I mean, I'm going to be moving around. I'm going to be, you know, uh, constantly shifting from side to side. So I'm not straining the same air. That's the beauty of having a husband who drives. I can wiggle all over the place. All over the place. Yeah. All the things. Why else do you have to act with that? I mean, I think everything you said, um, I, I do think it's a combination of, um, when you're, when you're sedentary, meaning you're not moving, right? So even if you are purposely getting up and moving, in those moments that you're sedentary, that's where we tend to go into our habits. And so it could be that you, like Kristen was saying, you almost like hinge in the upper lumbar, lower thoracic spine because the ribs move forward with pretty, like they're not, you know, they're just... um floating here, so to speak, they don't come around and insert into the sternum. So they're really easy to move. And that could be a very, like a lot of us can just kind of like collapse into that or do the opposite, collapse back into our, and have the ribs pull in and we're rounding our back. And that creates that imbalance. It creates the fascial tightness, which when you feel like you have discomfort, it's always like, reframe it like, hey, my brain is telling me something. It's telling me this is an area that is being, um, there is some force put upon it. It's strain put upon it. But to Kristen's point, it might not be the problem area. It could be that the head is out of alignment and that is in creating this rounded back or the chin is up and you're thrusting all, you know, that's, so set your chair up as best as possible to give you some support signals like Kristen was saying for the triple S. And yeah, shimmy your ribs. I was just doing this as I was listening to Kristen. Like I've been sitting here for a while. I'm shimming around. I'm like rolling my belly. I'm bringing some heat and awareness into that, um, even if I don't stand up, you know. And so it is, it's something everyone contends with. But I think the the big take-home message is, yes, this area could be feeling it, but it might not be the source of it. So deeper core muscles, giving you some strength. Are you sitting with a neutral pelvis? Um, and is your head somewhat in alignment because we know how often that head moves forward and that just always, always impacts down the chain. It's it's impossible for it not to because these curves are connected, right? We talk about the cervical spine, thoracic spine and all that, but they ultimately are all connected to one uh, kind of central axis. And so any, any sway in one direction is going to impact the others. So get back to us. Move more, belly roll, all of that. The good and stuff. you want to end with one final question? Yes. All right. This is from another lit teacher who asked, what would you advise best for discomfort from the thumb from typing or holding the mouse? Do we focus more on mobility and stretching 
or do we want to strengthen it? I will pop in there because I, I call this iPhone-itis, um, but it can be from a mouse. And the the first thing I'll say is you have to switch because it's overused. So no amount of strength, in, like these are small muscles. I'm not going to be able to lift a ton of weight. It's just small, right? So you have to look at like the architecture of it and it's made to, you know, we have this opposable thumb. It's where we're made to hold things but it's not made to um, endure like movement after movement after movement of that. So you really have to, you have to move things around. So for me on my phone, I get on my second finger. I try the other thumb. I try at, you know, different digits. I, we both do a lot of dictating where I'm certainly not sitting there typing with the typing with two thumbs. is like a recipe for disaster. You've got to start dictating your text, voice texting, um, whatever you can. In terms of the mouse, there are ergonomic mouses, but same thing. You're just going to have to switch. Like I'll switch to my second finger on my left hand and you got to get out of just using that thumb because at the end of the day, it's not made for that repetitive use. It's just not that big of a muscle and it will get inflamed and it just really hurts. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, like you said, I mean, the dictation is awesome, but if I try not to answer emails on my phone mm. unless I'm in a pinch. Get on your computer. Like, you know, people who work from their phone are going to have big problems, not just in the thumbs, but in the head and neck, you know, from looking down the phone so great for I'm on the run. I got it. And I'll real quick. But man, if you've got, like you said, dictate it or get on your computer. Same thing with, I really like the setup I have with my laptop and my keyboard because I will alternate between my mouse and then my trackpad right. where at least it's a different movement pattern. Um, you know, so things like that, because I don't want to be my trackpad all the time because then my shoulder's up. The mouse is great for the, for the shoulder because you can relax down. But then, yeah, it's this constant same claw-like position of your hand, which is not great. So variability. I love Laura, you saying I'm not ambidextrous enough. I would be a hot mess express trying to do like a mouse with my <laughs> left hand. But dude, I will type with both thumbs. I will use my fingers. Um, you know, the working on a phone would be an only a phone. Those are the people that are having problems. Um, you you uh. are really, we're going to, we are going to see, and we already are seeing issues from this, but we are going to continue to see this get worse because these small hands, they are meant to manipulate things, but not in the same way over and over. over right, over, exactly. Over again. Yeah, absolutely. So take a break, stretch them out, move them, but it's, they're not, you're not, it's not like repetitively using them is going to get them stronger. It's going to strain. All right, my friends, we're taking a break. Right now we're taking a break. We will see you in a month, but please continue to send us questions. We put them in our file and we go through them. So any question of any kind is absolutely welcomed. We will answer to the best of our ability. And, you know, you can say you want it to be anonymous and we, we will honor that. You could write us at support at lityoga.com and otherwise. Yeah, you Instagram. Yeah. You can find us at our redefining um, yoga podcast, Instagram. You can DM us there. You can DM Laura at Laura.hyman. I'm at KB Williams 99. And uh, we would love to hear from you. You can also rate and review. Take this time to finally rate and review us. That would be lovely. 
We would love that so much. All of your support means so much to us. And we're going to come back it refueled and so charged up for this next season, which will we will be breaking into the 700s. Hard to believe. So tune in, share with friends and catch up on any episodes and know that as always, we're pulling, pulling for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.